Ooh. Oh my gosh. A spooky Christmas Halloween. What the <laughs> fuck holiday is it? I was it's thinking about Christmas already. Spooky Christmas. No, a spooky Halloween. I was thinking about a friend that doesn't celebrate Halloween. And I was thinking about Christmas. Someone who doesn't ce- celebrate Halloween? Yeah, my friend at work. Oh, okay. So I was like thinking about what holidays do they celebrate? I what mean, other holidays are there? Uh, literally none. Nope. Just Halloween. A Halloween only <laughs> household. I actually love Halloween and it is my favorite holiday. It is your favorite holiday. Um, Whereas mine is the 4th of July. Not for patriotic reasons, but for lack of gifts. She really likes to be sucking on chili dogs <laughs> outside the taste of free ease. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, True Americana right there. Yeah. No. <laughs> We were at dinner with Paige's parents. <laughs> and is that a John Mellencamp song? No. It's, um, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to look it up. Yeah. <laughs> but I got in this phase where I was like, how can I make everyone uncomfortable? And I would just sing that part of that song, Second Angela Dogs. And I think Leah brought it up, and your mom was, like, super horrified. Yeah, that is... Oh, you're right. It is John Mellencamp. I... Exactly. <laughs> There's apparently something called har- thehardtimes.net, and it says, we asked John Mellencamp what sucking on chili dogs means. We all know what sucking on chili dogs means. Yeah. Uh, that's not really anything I need to have up for. The Hard Times is like the onion, except for music, I think. And I am personally offended that I brought up the phrase sucking on chili dogs on this here lesbian day of visibility. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, moving right along. Um, We are recording this on... Yes. Lesbian. Yes. What, it, what is it? International Lesbians Day? Yeah. Guess something what? Like that. You did not alert me to this. Guess I who didn't. alerted us? Leah. The greatest of all allies. Leah. Leah. Beloved sister. And I said, I gave a bow and I said, oh, it's International Lesbian Day. And I yeah, said, that's what I said. Y'all are all welcome. <laughs> the uh, only reason we get to celebrate is because of you. I know. Where's my bi visibility day? Baby, I think it was a few weeks ago. Dang it. I'm sorry we didn't recognize you. Once more erased. I mean, Clearly. I mean, that is actually a huge problem, but... In I our, know, I that's the joke. Yeah. You just didn't think it was as funny as I did. Well, in our, like, circle of friends, there are... We have quite a few bi's, but not so many lesbians, Mm-mm. so... That's why I was like, hmm. I'm going to take this moment to shine <laughs> and really get my flowers. But anyway, back to spooky season. Spooky Halloween. Uh, 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 uh. So I did my witch cackle for my students this week. Oh, they were delighted. Would you like to debut it here? Ah, ah, ah. Oh, my gosh. That sounds exactly like this book that you had when you were little i modeled it off of that okay good did i tell you that story when we just started dating no i think we were in it about a year and a half before you revealed that gem so we had this like wizard of oz book that it was like one of those like sound books so you can push the little button when when you're reading yeah when you have like a picture and the sound is supposed to model like along with the story yeah and the cowardly lion was like, do, 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 do. Or Dorothy was, yeah, I don't remember. We're going to have to have you check the receipts. Yeah. Kay, my older sister, is coming on the podcast, so maybe she can, like, double Enlighten check. Us. But I definitely remember the witch was like, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> and that's just how you do your witch's laugh. Yeah. And I've always thought it was funny, so I stole it. Yeah. And now and I'm it's great. bringing it to students. So, yeah, hopefully we can, uh, you know. I also, oh, sorry, Diego. Never mind. You also what? I've already forgotten. It's not important. Well, yes, but yeah, we are very excited to be. In spooky season. Spooky season. 
even though it's we don't do anything to celebrate it really we don't go yeah to any parties well and mostly it's much like the fourth of july terrible because children come and knock on the door all night and the dogs are well know, no messes we don't really get a we don't bunch get a ton of, of them trick-or-treaters unfortunately because i would love to see all of their cute little costumes i'm hoping our neighbors come this year yeah also i'm devastated because i think one of the biggest things i like about halloween is that it is like officially fall in memphis where you know obviously i grew up what it's you're from memphis the rumors are true oh my gosh this is brand new information i know confirmed you heard it here first that's crazy so listeners i'm also making a joke because mary beth in the beginning of our dating history literally every other stories was well this one time in memphis no that's not true you always brought it up no it's like the greatest love of your life besides me that's not true okay well that diego being the greatest love of my life i'm just kidding i'm just kidding i want to remind you of what your vows said but here we go baby 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 (laughs) Um, you brought this on yourself. No, I was meeting a lot of new people. And so they would be asking me about myself. And so that was like a factoid that I could say, you know, yes, and I'm then- from Memphis and I moved out here for grad school. So you heard that a lot. A lot. And then it, it like mushroomed into this whole <laughs> thing. <a> <laughs> and anytime I bring up anything about Memphis, they're like, oh, my God, you're from Memphis. It? Who is it? Who? who who is it that makes fun of you about this you and mostly you and nope. your sisters nope leah really leads the charge i just want to say you know what on this you know international lesbian day <laughs> i'm gonna need some of the hatred to be dialed back hmm. maybe just okay. a little but anyway i love halloween season in tennessee because <laughs> It starts to feel like fall. It's not as hot. I really hate the heat. This is true. And it's still pretty hot where we live. I don't know. I told you this, but what was that? Like Tuesday morning, I got out of the house to go to work and was like walking to the car, opened the garage door and was like, it's chilly. And I was in my little, you know, dresses like I always wear. Baby. And I was cold. By this, she means that it was in the high 70s. Yeah. What I mean <laughs> is we're talking low 60s. I just would like everyone to appreciate that. High 50s. That, sweater that time weather. For us. <laughs> the sweater weather. Sweater weather. Sweater weather. It's coming. Sweater weather. Yeah, in November. But anyway. <clears throat> Someone sounds bitter. I am very bitter. I'm like, where's my cold weather? For your sweaters. For my sweaters. But anyway, anyway. what are we talking about today? So we're doing something a little different today. We're doing a little switcheroo since Miss Bossy Pants over here. (laughs) What? I'm kidding. I don't really love spooky things, if I'm being honest. No, she does not. I really have a hard time with it. I already have a pretty active imagination and I don't really need a lot of input in that arena to make things scary. Like life is already scary enough, you know? Every season is spooky season in my brain. So... I have been a pretty avid horror hater for most of my life. Fascinating. But getting then, married to me changed your mind. No. But then when I went on antidepressants, that kind of really helped. Helped your love of horror? Yeah, because this is fascinating. For a long time, okay, so for a long time I couldn't like listen to ghost stories, watch scary movies, no. yeah, like do anything because I would fixate on it. I would think it was real. It would prevent me from sleeping. Like I, I just couldn't do it. And then, you know, SSRIs really helped me regain a quasi grip on reality. Hmm. And I was able to differentiate in your brain between reality and yeah. And like watching scary movies is still pretty hard for me, but I can, I can listen to stuff uh, that I would consider more thrill thriller. Sometimes paranormal stuff will still get to me. Mm. I I don't like paranormal. 
Yeah. That really freaks me out. Says the woman who used a Ouija board and had a seance to bring back Heath Ledger from One the dead. One of my really good friends, Faith. Love her. Love that bitch. Who Also, she's probably listening. So hi, yeah, Faith. Hi, we hi, love you. Hi, Faith. Aunt Faith to our dogs. We have had this discussion many times. Would you rather stay in a house oh, for one night for $1 million dollars if you knew that there would be a home invader or if you knew that there would be um, a malevolent spirit, she mm. would choose the malevolent spirit. I would choose the home invader. I'm much more scared of spirits than I am of people. But yeah, again, since going on SSRIs, I've been able to be exposed to it a little bit more and that's opened up a whole new realm of listening, reading, watching, etc. And so I was like, when quarantine hit uh, back in 2020, or like right before, I think it was like February, right before things got scary, uh, we were at Half Price Books. Love that place. And Except it's not Half Price Books anymore. It's just full price books oh okay you know inflation is real love that so we were at full price books and <laughs> i was like you know i'm gonna maybe dabble in the world of stephen king i remember this so i quickly googled what stephen king books were considered the best and i saw the shining was on there and they had a copy of it that was you know, an older looking version. So I was like, I'm just going to pick up this this older looking version of The Shining and and give it a read because it's supposed to be this great book. And obviously there's the Stanley Kubrick film that's out that I'd kind of watched at a Halloween party once. And I was like, okay, I'm going to give it a read. So I picked it up, started reading it, and then lockdown went into full effect and as you can imagine, reading a book about a guy that's trapped in a hotel and then ends up trying to murder his family uh, wasn't the best read while in lockdown. So I made it about halfway through the book, put it aside, hadn't picked it back up. And then I decided to give it another listen in the spooky season <laughs> So yeah, today we're going to be talking about The Shining. I did also watch the Stanley Kubrick film, so I'll be talking a little bit about that as well. At the yeah. At the top, I'm going to go ahead and say trigger warnings for basically everything. <sighs> uh, racial and homophobic slurs. Uh, don't know why um, Stephen King thought, thought that that was okay, but there are some of those in both the book and the film. Yikes. Both spousal and child abuse is kind of a central oh. plot point. And so, yeah, just be aware of that if you decide to read the book or watch uh, the film. Okay. Also, was not a huge fan of the film. I will say that right off the top. Yeah, hence why I said boo. Yeah, exactly. So, if you've never watched the movie, or if you have watched the movie, um, or done any reading about the movie as compared to the book, you will know that Stephen King and a lot of fans of the book were not too happy with the film because of some key areas in which it diverges from the book. And I'll kind of, I think, talk about those as I'm going through, and I will actually really agree with them, mainly because of one particular character who's my favorite character that I think they did very dirty. Uh, but yeah, we'll get to that at the end. So this book, I believe, was written in like, 1977, 1978, and it centers around a family that's made up of three members, a mother, father, and son. The father is Jack, mother, Wendy, and son, Danny. 
the father, when it starts out, is looking for work. By the way, anytime I hear Wendy, I always think of Peter Pan. Oh, yeah, me too. Wendy Darling. Interestingly enough, her uh, first name is actually Winifred. What a name. I know. You know what? I just read a... This is a random tangent, but I'm going to go on it. I read that biography about Emily Dickinson, right? Right. Her niece. No, just kidding. Mary Loomis Todd, who I told you about the... We'll have a whole episode on her soon, actually, because... um, Love it. Love it. There's so much. But Mary Loomis Todd, who helped, like, was Austin's mistress and helped publish some of her poems. Uh She had a daughter, and her daughter's name was Millicent, which I have not heard that name in a million bajillion years. And I feel like it should come back. Sorry, that's just my random Winifred. Hmm. Yeah. That's like the w- name, all of those names, and Matilda, for whatever reason. I don't like the name Matilda. Sorry, I know the we have a big Aussie contingent. Um, I love the name Matilda. Much for Harry Styles' song, but also because Matilda, the book character, Roald Dahl. I know that man was very questionable, but that book is <laughs> dear to me. So, I here mean, we go. fair enough. We all have those uh, opinions. Okay, go on. Sorry. Oh, no, you're totally fine. So, Wendy. Yeah, Wendy and uh, five-year-old Danny. And at the beginning of the book, it's kind of set. Jack is out of work. He has recently come out of work. You know that they just moved to Colorado from somewhere in the Northeast. I believe it's like the Vermont area. He used to be a school teacher. They kind of say on the side, he's primarily interested in writing. He's a published author. He's had some pieces published in like Esquire. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like, well, I mean, that's like, if you think about it, that's kind of like what Dickens did as well. It's like, yeah, no, I know. Yeah. So I know that's like his, his passion. Um, and how he kind of, you know, got got noticed. And they kind of allude in the beginning that he he's lost this job. Why? What did he do? Well, that's coming. Okay. So he's lost. My the- money is on inappropriate behavior. I mean, that is a very solid guess. So what kind of inappropriate behavior? With another staff member? Uh, no, actually. So it's an all-boys school. Hmm. So he's at the Overlook, which is the name of the hotel. Okay. And he's meeting with the hotel manager. And the hotel manager is like this really uptight, like, same uppity, like, guy who seems like really oddly obsessed with the hotel. And he's basically saying, like, you know, I don't, I don't see, I don't really like you, Jack, but I'm going to give you the shot because you know this guy who's like, a really high partial owner of the hotel and I'm going to let you come stay here in the off season. So the hotel is sitting in the mountains in Colorado, like I think like 40 miles outside of Denver. You can't get there except by like snowmobile after it starts snowing. Oh, dang. The hotel only runs from May to September. And after Wouldn't that... Wouldn't you want it to be a ski motel? So... They don't really necessarily address that directly in the book, but in the movie, they do mention that it would be too hard to get people from the nearest town out mm. to the mm. hotel because the For roads regular are, work. Yeah, because yeah. the roads are so bad, <clears throat> but it's like in this very scenic area. So it's just this like summer getaway. Fascinating. But they want someone out at the hotel to keep up with repairs and keep certain wings of the hotel heated so like pipes don't freeze and Hmm. in case like a window breaks so that that they can like board it up okay so what happens with the never mind so basically the hotel manager mr ullman is like you know i know what you did at this uh, this school but he stole money mr man, what's his name? Shockley, I think it is, really wants to give you this opportunity. He told off a parent. Do you just want me to tell you? No. Okay. I'm just guessing until okay. we get there. I think uh, it's more fun. Okay. Wants to give you this opportunity because, you know, I he, I know that y'all are old friends. Do you think that you're going to be able to handle it and your wife and son? And he's like, yes. And he's like, you know that the previous caretaker murdered his wife and two young daughters when he was out here before. What the fuck? Yeah. Is this like the Amityville horror show 
book or whatever. Where I've it's never about read the spooky that. House. Uh, maybe I again. I've never really read that. Neither have I. I just heard of it. So cultural context. Yeah. Although that's apparently based on a true story. Yeah. That's this what's is it definitely scarier. not. Okay. So ultimately, Mr. Ullman is like, I'm going to give you the job. So then the maintenance guy is like showing him around the hotel, shows mm -hmm. him the basement, mm -hmm. is like, here's all these old papers. The thing you really need to watch out for is the boiler. Because hmm. it's really old. Every day you just need to let some steam off or else it'll explode. Love that for him. Yeah, exactly. He's like, that's just very essential. So then it comes back to Wendy and Danny. And Wendy's having her own internal like monologue, just like thinking stuff to herself. And this is something I actually really do enjoy about Stephen King's writing. And I haven't read him extensively, but the books that I have read, he's very, he writes characters, internal trains of thought in a very interesting kind of way. Hmm. And she starts thinking. Like interesting good or interesting? Yeah, interesting good. Like, oh, okay. I mean, there has to be a reason he's not famous. They have a very uh, rich inner life. Yeah. Um, well, most people do. <laughs> And she starts thinking about everything that's happened and how mm. she doesn't want to go out into the mountains, but she doesn't mm. know what else to do because this is Jack's last chance and at, at basically providing for their family. Mm. She about um, to be no longer a work from home mom. Yeah. So, okay. So basically what a good she, wife she's thinking about this Danny's sitting outside, and then it becomes apparent that Danny can hear what she's thinking. That is creepy as shit. Okay, go on. So this is where the actual part of the title comes in. So The Shining. So what that is is Danny has this gift where he can, like, pretty much read other people's thoughts okay and somewhat sometimes predict the future <gasps> fun yes what yeah a terrible burden to bear yes it's a very cassandra yes and so he's kind of like sitting outside and do he people believe him sorry i didn't mean to cut you off so ish like how accurate is he very Ooh, so like spooky. both of his parents have their demons to a certain degree so yes, one of them in the movie looks like she's got crazy eyes and i know she was like a fashion icon of the 60s and 70s but shelly duvall has the craziest most interesting face i've ever yeah, seen yeah she yeah oh no she was not exactly what i envisioned so in the book the way that that Danny's parents cope with him kind of like having these premonitions mm -hmm. and knowing what they're thinking mm -hmm. is they just think he gets lucky and guesses stuff. Interesting. Um, and then he, he has great observational skills. Yes. <laughs> and then he has like this quote unquote imaginary friend who yes. tells him things Ned? named Tony. 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 Yeah. Which in the movie, they like make him have this little finger thing and do this. And that's not in the book. Oh. And I thought that was super cheesy in the movie. And I was like laughing. You know, but the only Tony I've ever met, my New York Tony. Oh, right. Yeah. Loved him. That's what I think of now. So I, I can't imagine a Tony doing anything. Yeah. Like, strange. Yeah. So. What sorcery is this? Yeah. So anyway, Danny's sitting outside and he's like listening to his mom thinking. And his mom <laughs> is thinking about how stressed she is about money. Yeah, money and Jack mm -hmm. and like the family and Danny. So basically throughout like this sequence of events, it comes out that they are in Colorado because Jack is a recovering alcoholic. Ooh, ooh. And he, like two years prior, uh -oh. he had been working on something 
and he had gone to get something like in the kitchen or something and he left his study came back in and Danny was in Uh-oh. his office and had like spread a bunch of his papers around and poured beer oh, on them no. and he grabbed him and broke his arm <gasps> and like oh my gosh if I was her I would have left him so fucking fast so, his eyes would bleed so in the movie they changed that to dislocating his arm and I thought that that was interesting because in the movie, they, it's like they're, they're trying, trying to make to him l- sympathetic. Yes. That is disgusting. Okay, yeah. go on. So how do you think St- Stephen King feels about this character? That is interesting because, it, okay, hold on. We'll okay. get to that. Okay. So that, that's, Sorry, I always love a meta analysis. Yeah. Gotta so give me the deets. That's, uh, that wasn't the final, the final blow. So he continued on with kind of like his stuff, but Wendy considered leaving him at that point, obviously, but she has a very rocky relationship with her mother and you never really find out exactly what happened, but essentially she had a younger sister who died very tragically. And it sounds like the mom blamed her. Uh, no, it sounds like her and her dad kind of bonded over it and her mom like basically blamed her for the marriage falling apart and then her dad died and then her and her mom had a very contentious relationship and then this is in the 70s so Wendy felt like she had nowhere to go. So she's like kind of stuck with an alcoholic husband who still has like a, a decent job a very young son and Jack's basically being like, I'm going to get better. I'm going to get better. And he has this prestigious job at this all boys school. He's still like, I'm like publishing works. He's, you know, X, Y, and Z. So on the weekend, no one's P is good enough for that. No, absolutely not. So then He continues on. He finds like a a drinking like buddy in this guy named, I think his first name's Arthur Shockley, who is, again, this prestigious member of the board at the school he's teaching at. Right. And they're going out on weekends, getting wasted. And they're so like him basically... He never direct Jack never directly has a conversation about him breaking Danny's arm with Wendy, but he allows Wendy to think it was an accident. But you had you hear her thoughts. No, well, you hear Jack's internal monologue about what happened, and throughout it, you kind of come to find out that he meant to break his arm. And so, anyway, so he continues that going on going out and he's out and about with this rich benefactor type guy okay and they're driving around and arthur shockley is driving Uh and this bicycle this Uh, child's bicycle appears in the middle of the road and they hit it in the middle of the night and they get out and they're like is there a baby they're looking everywhere for hours and hours and hours and they never find a child and basically they never find like a body or anything and so they assume they never killed anybody but it scares them both so badly that it like that they're gonna be be sober forever and ever amen basically fascinating it pushes them into sobriety so after that incident and these are like all flashbacks essentially so they everything's kind of going much better for jack in a sense he like gets sober he's like trying to move forward Mm -hmm. but he is teaching this like debate class at school and there's this like one student who you kind of it's like King gives you like these little pieces of what happens, uh-huh. but like the, most narrative structures, yeah. it's slow, a slow release. But you find out in the beginning that basically this student 
was unhappy because Jack cut him from the debate team. And so the student went out to the parking lot and slashed his tires and Jack caught him doing it and like hit him and the <gasps> student hit his head on oh. the concrete oh, and like gosh. was injured. So the board like expelled him from the school and the student? Uh, no, 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 no. Sorry. Jack. <laughs> okay. So, I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. So Arthur who was the dr- the drinking buddy who yeah. he's now sober with, yeah. hooked him up with this opportunity at the Overlook Hotel. Okay. So Jack is like, so fast forward back. Okay. And Jack is like, this is my last opportunity basically mm-hmm. to like have, an, like if I can do this, if I can hold the shop down, you know, the school's going to rehire me. You know, Arthur mm. will tell the school that I, I've, I've gotten my shit back together mm. and I can come back and mm. like everything will be right as rain again. Fascinating. So. I doubt that's what's going to happen. So they pack up, they drive out to this hotel in the middle of nowhere. And yes, there are some like supernatural. Okay, well, hold on. Before we get into that. They pack up, they drive out, it's the last day of the season, they get there, and we meet my favorite character of the whole thing. (gasps) Danny's not your favorite character? No. Oh, okay. Like, he's a kid, like, (laughs) but... I love... (laughs) He's he's just a baby. The kids are always my favorite. The cook, Dick Holleran. Dick Holleran. You would love a Dick. Which would be a great stripper name. (laughs) Dick. Dick hollering. Dick, I be hollering. Ow, ow. That's uh, interesting. But anyway, so he is the cook. It's his last day. He's showing Wendy and Danny around the kitchen. And in their first interaction, he immediately, like, picks up on some stuff that no one says. Like, he starts calling Danny Doc, which is a nickname that the parents have for Danny. And he like picks up, I think like something else weird between him and Danny happen. And basically Dick figures out that Danny has the shining and he has it too. Oh, so snap. Yeah. So basically he's like, he's like asks Wendy if he can talk to Danny, like, just for a minute not it's not like creepy yet. no he does it like in a kind of he's like hey can i talk to him for a minute so basically he has a conversation with danny before he like leaves he he was he's the cook there uh during the season but he always leaves to go to like florida during the off season okay and he's like danny I, I don't know if anyone's ever talked to you about this, but can you like have conversations without opening your mouth and sometimes know things that are going to happen before they happen? And he's like, yes. And he's like, this is what it is. Interesting. He's like, other people have it too. Interesting. Um, but you have it. Are they it. all in this hotel? <laughs> yeah. But you're okay, the sh- let me. Can I, can yeah. I skip ahead? Yeah. Does Danny predict his dad's going to go fucking crazy and try and murder him in the forest? forest that's what i saw last night oh that's a switch from the book that i also didn't like okay but he does see something coming yes okay good my child savant must survive yes he does don't worry so i'm invested in him i don't really care about much for the others i don't care for (laughs) For joe so he's like but you have the biggest shine of anyone i've ever met Oh, so and he's like, also, I love that they call it a shine. Yeah, it's interesting. He's like, so just be careful. And he was like, Hmm. stay away from these hedges, which in the film, it's like this weird long, like Like they're tall. Yeah. Weird maids. Okay. In the book, they're these like, I can't remember topiary. Yeah. They're hedge animals. Yeah. Okay. And this room in the in the movie it's room i think 237 in the book it's 217 and so Hmm. in the book a maid had 
gone a woman had come and died in the bathroom oh dear of that room yes okay and i also wonder how often this happens to hotels i used to want to be in hotel service like so this hotel has a lot of history i'm sure it does and there's like a mob that was like there and like all of this stuff oh boy but anyway how beauty and the beast of them i know (laughs) 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 but He's like, don't go in room 217 because this maid had seen something. Okay. And then she ran and told Dick and Dick went in and he saw it too. (gasps) Is this the woman with the snatch? Yes. Oh. And so he's like, don't go in that room. Okay. And so he's like, okay. And he's like, before he leaves, he's like, if anything happens. Wait, Dick? Yes. It has to leave too? Yeah, he's well. Dick's oh, leaving because he okay. goes back to Florida. Oh right, maybe he's, he's like, I'm sorry. If anything happens, I don't know if I'll be able to hear you, but just scream as loud as you can for me using your shine. Oh my gosh! And and Danny knows how to do that. He's like, yeah, sure, yeah, bro. I'll try. Okay. And this is something else that the movie changed because in the movie they make Dick like all combative and like all of this stuff, and that's not Dick Holleran and in the book at all he's like Sad. super cool and like chill helpful and like just wants the best for danny so anyway they start settling into the hotel you know they kind of start doing these or um jack kind of starts doing these projects around the hotel some weird stuff starts happening like with the elevator okay and i don't trust those hoes no i don't even trust the one at my school like it breaks too much yeah yeah exactly it's literally a two-story building but the only reason i have to take it is when they um sweet ladies who clean come they lock all the doors and then i don't have a key to get upstairs i've worked there for three years my classroom is on the second floor i don't have a key i have to take the elevator Uh. so i have to go down into the downstairs unlock the doors downstairs and then take the elevator and go up to my classroom it's very frustrating yeah especially when i'm like trying to make copies and i have to go to the copy room it's ugh. I don't trust elevators, especially after this book. Great. So glad I didn't read it. But yeah, so like weird stuff happens. One of which is like Jack is fixing or is like trying to fix this roof and he finds a wasp's nest. (gasps) No. And he bombs it and he like gets the nest for Danny. And Wendy's all concerned. He's like, what if there's some alive wasps in there? And he's like, there's no way, you know, the, the nest. I bu- bug bombed it. Diego, how do you do this? Baby, he's only a little dog. Uh, he took the whole court. Baby, he's just a baby. Look mm-hmm. at that face. He needs to be on the tile. He hot. Anyway, I'll go get it. Okay. Keep talking. So he's like, there's no way I bug bombed this. It's been out for hours. There's been no wasps. And then they go to bed and they're like asleep. And then all of these wasps start pouring out of it. And there's like another instance where like someone gets hurt and Wendy starts to recognize like, oh, we're going to be trapped up here when it snows with no way to get out. How bad that would be like in the middle of winter so you kind of have that wendy is like kind of starting to like second guess them staying there all of her life's decisions yeah why couldn't he just go because so because then he could write and it would be like perfect so they kind of discuss that but he doesn't know where Wendy and Danny would go and he doesn't want them to go back to her parents and he is like I don't we don't have the money for you to go stay somewhere else gotcha and as he's there you start to get more of his mindset which I thought was very interesting because he is like got classic divorced dad energy <laughs> like we all know where he would have been on january 6 2020 yikes <laughs> or 2021 yikes yikes so he there's this classic quote and i can't remember it exactly but he's like he didn't do bad things bad things happened to him oh, so he sure. looks he looks Victim at mentality. everything that's happened 
as a stroke of bad luck <laughs> as you know he doesn't have anything to do with any the of it. altercation with the student as yeah. being the student's fault sure and then he starts spinning wendy wanting to leave as her being like this nagging bitch this is his last opportunity to succeed what is he gonna do if they have to leave right she doesn't want this for him nothing oh i see so that's a healthy way to view your marriage yes and so as he stays the it sounds like like being alone for a season would be so good for him (laughs) she says mischievously it's not that would not be good well he sounds like a lycanthrope and he like needs to stay with people yeah but do you know what i mean like that helps make him somewhat softer but really in reality he's just like poisoning everybody he yeah he's definitely poisoning everybody because danny can hear all of this right yes shit so shit so the hotel especially in the book has an element of its own shine okay and it takes on all of the people who have died there so okay danny can see like most buildings yeah takes the like energy there's a of bunch of mobsters who were there and like so he can see like kind of dead people throughout the hotel Wait, but which is the movie where he's like i see dead people that's the sixth sense oh right 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 okay so oh, i get it the sixth sense i've never put that together okay sorry go on so that's how little think about horror movies so the the hotel wants danny because it can tell that he has got the shine yes Mm. and he would be a very powerful asset Ah, but creepy it realizes that the weak link to getting danny is jack so huh how does they how do they factor that because for them to the hotel to claim Danny, Danny needs to die, right? So, so Jack can kill him is what you mean? Yes. Ah. Uh, so okay. they try. They're trying to get Jack to kill Danny. <laughs> so to do that, they're convincing Jack that he's like a big deal, and they're like doing all of these things where it's like, oh, you know, he's the savior. Yeah, he's the best. And, like, you can hear all of these things, like, you know, I, you know, like, he's thinking about Wendy, and he's like, this nagging dumb bitch can't see how I am, how important I am, (laughs) and I have to stay here. It's like, obviously, they wouldn't want Danny. This is all about me, and that little, you know, um, idiot needs to just, like, and he, it's just... uh, Fascinating. Yeah. But the thing that's, like that's crazy and you asked how Stephen King thinks about this character so Stephen King is someone who has also struggled with alcoholism Mm -hmm. and has said that he relates a lot to this character because of the alcoholism okay does he make that very clear I don't know okay so Jack Torrance is also a writer. Stephen King is a writer. What? Yes, obviously. (laughs) I know you didn't know that. But yeah. Yeah, one year for Christmas, my brother bought me On Writing Well, which is his book about writing. Oh, really? And it was transformative to my life. Oh, was it really? Are you being sarcastic? No, I actually really liked it. Oh. That and Bird by Bird. Oh. Helped me like, and I don't even show you most of my writing, actually. I know. I'm still waiting to see it. Um, my vows are probably the closest we've gotten to me sharing anything that's like what I would write in a journal. Well, I would like to see more. I know you would. But anyway, like I, I take I took a lot of just his daily rhythms and practice. And of course, I'm like, this was like six or seven years ago. So, He's a beast. Uh, yeah, as he a writer. just really cranks it out. It's amazing. But something that Jack says that I think is interesting and I wouldn't be surprised if Stephen King is the same way. He says that Jack feels like he can relate to each of his characters and think positively of them. Of course, yeah. In at least one way, no matter how horrible, horrible they are. And yeah. he talks Actors about... Actors say that, too. He talks about one specific character who's like this child molester murderer. Yeah. 
who's one of his favorite characters. Jack, Jack's favorite characters. Oh, okay. Um, I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. So what? I would be, I would be interested in, in because you know Jack is is horrible, but you do find out that his father, Jack's father is a, an abusive alcoholic yeah. and descri- they he describes this like very brutal instance of abuse oh that's sad. where he beat his mother in the head with a cane oh, and almost geez. killed her and so you know you can see that intergenerational trauma, trauma but obviously at some point, you have to take accountability for your own yes. actions as well. Yikes, yikes, yikes. So, anyway, so all of this kind of starts coming to a head. Mm-hmm. And... Where does the naked lady come in? So, basically... Uh, that's all I remember from the movie, guys. Yeah. That's why I'm saying it. Because I did not care to watch this film. So, I was off in my own little world. But occasionally, I would come into the bedroom. And Mary Beth's watching it on our you know, like bedroom TV and she's got her little AirPods and she looked so cute. And so I just had to sit. And unfortunately I turned around and uh, saw a naked lady on the screen. And I, and then I saw at one point, the other thing I saw was a a lot of blood rushing down a hallway. And that was terrifying too. Yeah. That's not in the book. I don't love Stanley Kubrick. I think he's super pretentious. And I, I lightly studied film in college. I wanted to be a film critic. So I say that only having done maybe like five or seven, five, six, six classes about film. And I just don't like him as a person. And I refuse to watch any of his movies. So that was the other reason I was like, yeah, I have really no interest. So Mary Beth, you know, took over cause she's the best and was interested in it. And yeah, I will probably, Never watched that movie. It was terrifying enough to see shots. I guess I'm going to keep going because she had to go to the bathroom. So editing Mary Beth, I love you so much. You're so beautiful and I'm so glad we're married. Oh, okay. She's back. (sighs) Anyway, so the naked lady comes in. So... (laughs) The phone lines, it starts snowing. As as it does in yes. Colorado. Maybe that's where we should move. Well, it was so much snow. The roads get blocked. They do have like a snowmobile or something that theoretically, if something bad happens, they could get out. Okay. There's also a ranger station. They have phones and a CB. Okay. So it starts snowing. That's a radio, right? A CB radio? Yeah. Kay. That goes to the ranger station. Okay. So it starts snowing really badly. The phone lines go down. So shortly after that happens, Scary. Danny, like, uh oh, the shine <laughs> comes. He kind of goes into like I think this like fugue like state to some degree. Oh no! And those are terrifying. And is the like brain is a powerful weapon in front of room two seventeen. No. And just like can't help no, himself. Absolutely not. And goes in. No. Goes into the bathroom. Danny. Opens the curtain, sees the lady. No. And when he was talking to Mr. Holleran, he was like, I don't think any of these things can hurt you. So huh. he goes into the room. He opens the curtain. The lady gets out of the bathtub and starts following him. He closes his eyes, thinking, uh-huh. this lady can't hurt me. Okay. She grabs him and tries to strangle him. The ghost. Okay. Shit. Around the same time, Jack starts having this weird trance. Oh, jeez. And okay. when he comes out of it, he smashed the CB radio. Of course he did. Oh, Danny comes downstairs and has bruises all over his neck. And so Wendy comes out, finds out Jack smashed the CB radio, sees that Danny looks like he's been strangled by someone, assumes it was Jack. Sure. They like get into this huge Rightly thing. So. And I can't remember if this was before or after, but she was like, we got to get the fuck out of here. Like, Danny and I have to go. Yeah. And 
Jack is somewhat like, okay, I agree. She's like, you got to go fix that snowmobile and make sure so we can get out of here. Okay. So he goes out there. He finds all the parts. At first, he's like, I can't fix it. Then he's like rooting around. He finds the part to fix it. He goes. It works. And then he's like, that bitch is trying to ruin my life. He takes it out. He throws it into the woods. Get out. So then they're stranded there. And at this point, so Jack has all of these tics that he had when he was an alcoholic. He would like chew up Excedrin and like wipe his mouth and all of his tics are back. But he's not drinking because there's no alcohol. But he's like acting like he's drinking. Huh. And so all of it kind of comes to a head at the end of the book where essentially, and there's a scene in the movie where the hotel essentially is giving him alcohol and is like, you have to kill Danny and Wendy. Whoa. And they deserve it. What? Yes. And it's not an axe. It's this thing called a roke mallet, which one of the like things is they have this thing called a rope court. And he's like, okay. And so Danny for like, it's kind of hard to tell the timeline, but Danny since he can read his father's thoughts, can tell that this is coming over yes. like a day and a half. Okay. And he had like seen, had a premonition okay. before they left that, that sub- he'd seen like a roke, mad- a roke mallet with hair and blood on it. Uh. And so uh. he's, he can tell that this premonition is going to come true. Okay. This is causing me great distress, just so you know. Yes. It was causing me great distress too. <laughs> I knew that Danny lived because there's a sequel called Dr. Sleep, which you and McGregor stars in. <laughs> but I was Random like, I don't know events. if Wendy's going to make it. So before then, he tries to call Mr. Halloran. Okay. And at this point, Danny, Danny yes. Calls. Okay. Wendy is like, okay, she is had popping off. She's had a heart to heart with Danny and is like, I believe you. Yeah. Whatever this is, I believe you. Can you save us? And so he's like, I'm going to try and call Dick Holleran. And this is part of why Dick Holleran is the fucking best. So he is down in Florida being a cook. He is a black man in the 1970s. Um, He gets called the N-word several times in this book. He uh, hears Danny call and basically has to make up this whole story so that he can get a weekend off of work from his white owner he who is not inclined to give him time off and basically has to pay his white owner oh my gosh the owner not his white owner but the white owner of this hotel where he's a cook at to go out to try and save uh, Danny, Danny. Okay. he thinks he's gonna die like he's like I know I'm gonna die. So Dick thinks that. Yes. So he's like calling the police. He's like, please go check. And they're like, how do you know this? He's like, he's I like, just I have a know. Feeling. He's like, I just know. And they're like, we have this other thing going on on the other side of the mountain. We can't do that. All of this stuff. So he flies all the way across the country. Gets this rental car. Is like trying to drive. He like gets caught in the snowbank. Finally gets to Denver and is on the snowmobile out there, gets out to the overlook and gets attacked by (gasps) no the hedge creatures, which have now come alive. No. So he has to do battle with them. No. Finally makes it inside. And in the movie, when he makes it inside, Jack immediately kills him. No. But in the movie, he gets there And during that time, Jack and Wendy have been, like, doing battle. Wendy has, like, stabbed Jack in the back. Shit. He should have died. He didn't. Jack has gotten in a few good blows on Wendy. It's like a back and forth. He comes down, I think, hits Halloran. It's not as easy to visualize, obviously, when it's being told to you. But essentially, my understanding is, like, 
he does battle with all of these people. None of them are in great shape, but Jack shouldn't be alive. And it's insinuated that the hotel has essentially taken over and is like keeping Jack Jack alive. alive. And then he goes and he's about to kill Danny. And he has this like one lucid moment. Oh, no. Where it's like he looks at Danny. No, 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 no. And he's basically like saying, I'm sorry. And I don't want to do this. Which I think is bullshit personally because I'm like, no, this is who you really are. You're a selfish bastard. (laughs) But then Danny's like, oh, hey, when was the last time you checked the boiler? Because all of this had been going on for the last two days. Oh, shit. Like this battle. And so the creature who was Jack runs to go check. And in that interim, Holleran, Wendy, and And this Danny, is just the book because in the movie he's dead. Yes. Well, we'll get to how the movie ends. Run out, get on the snowmobile. And get to safety and everyone's fine. Yeah, and they live. Oh, my gosh. And the boiler explodes. And he dies in the boiler. Yes. And the hedge animals die. And it's really super sweet because then they have a flash forward where Dick is a chef at this restaurant in Maine and Wendy and... (gasps) They live with him? They don't live, but they Wendy and uh, Danny come and visit. And, like, they're staying in touch. And there's just, like, all of these things on, like... You like when you're following like Dick's travel to try and get up mm-hmm. to Danny, mm-hmm. like there are all of these things like he gets stuck in a snowbank and this tow truck driver drives by Jeez. and like pulls him out and he doesn't have any like winter gear because he like immediately left. Right. And he like the tow truck driver gives him his gloves and is Aww. like, oh, my wife knitted these for Aww. me, but they're uh my name and address is in them if you could just send them back when when they're done and i think they get like burned up but then he's like i'm gonna have my sister like send you another pair and then like there's all of these like little things where it's like yes like it's dick's courage and he was um, destined to help yes but it's like this community thing Mm -hmm. And that's just so much more special than in the movie where it's almost like Dick is in this house that's filled with like naked pictures of women. And he's like, I'm just going to go up there. And he walks in and instantly gets killed. So, hmm. yeah, it's just completely, completely different. And yeah, I... Interesting. I really really enjoyed the book did not enjoy the movie at all yeah that does not surprise me i knew that would be the case because stanley kubrick is an asshole yeah it the movie reminded me a lot of my friend cassandra and i watched twin peaks in Uh. grad school because we kept on seeing it on all of these lists of like greatest tv shows shows of all time and i was like not this is the dumbest shit I've ever seen. Yeah. That's like classic Hollywood blowing smoke up its own ass. Like, uh, like there were certain scenes in the movie, like when Danny's riding his big wheel and it was sh- going from like tile to carpet that I was like, okay, like this is kind of neatly shot. Mm. But I honestly think that the movie would have made zero sense if I had never read Read the the book. book. Yeah, you said that last night. I think that's interesting because then we started talking about, and I said we have to save it for the pod. We started talking about like art and different mediums reflecting other pieces when they're based off something else. So making sure to like also keep in mind, not just like source material, but how it does inform someone else's work or looking at it. So I feel like a lot of times, especially with male cinematographers, if they're going based off of classic stuff, they're looking at adding to their own oeuvre, right? Their own filmography, but also never, they never really make space for what was originally given to them. Yeah. They just kind of interpret it and that's what they go with. And I don't, I mean, okay, so the only other person I can think of is Sofia Coppola. 
Do you know who she is? She's uh, a really famous director. Is that Ford Francis Coppola's grand granddaughter, grand grand great granddaughter, great something? Yes. Okay. Yes. Cool. Um, she is such a fascinating person. Okay. She's still alive today. She. I have so many conflicting ideas about her, but she is one of those people like she made the Virgin Suicides, the movie, but it's based on a book by Jeffrey Eugenides. And I didn't read the book, but I watched the movie. And this is, I'm only saying this because like there were parts of that movie that I didn't understand. And I couldn't tell if that was because of my age or because I hadn't read the original material. And that's Mm. why I'm bringing it up right now, because there are certain shots that I know had I read the books, it would have meant more. But on its own, you could still grasp what she was roughly trying to say. Her movies always make me like think for longer than I probably need to. So I wouldn't necessarily say that it's inherently problematic for a director to take an original piece. And like do their own thing. Yeah. What's problematic about Kubrick's work is that he took it and and twisted the the message into mm. something he like focused in on the entirely wrong, wrong thing yep, he cut it, yeah. the most important character mm. and minimized him yeah, into, so in the movie how do they how do they end it they in, so basically they get away and then what happens so basically instead of dick halloran coming in and basically saving wendy and danny he comes, immediately gets killed. Danny leads Jack into this maze. Mm-hmm. Jack ends up getting lost in the maze and freezes mm-hmm. to death. And Danny and Wendy uh, drive off. Yeah. But the huh. problem is, in the movie, because they they never address Jack's... They, they met for, Well, first of all... They minimize his drinking. Mm. They never address his 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 anger issues yeah. because him like assaulting that student, right. him beating or breaking Danny's arm. Right. It's centered around this anger. And right. His a lot of his internal monologue, mm-hmm. you know, is aware mm-hmm. of this anger. Mm-hmm. They take they take Jack Torrance's character and try to make him sympathetic. Yeah. And be like And that's pretty yucky. It's extremely disgusting. Yeah. Because he's not a sympathetic character at all. I wonder if that is like this. No, it's not the start of like anti-hero hero ideas in books or movies. But that's interesting. I don't. I mean, there's a way like because in the book, Jack is definitely the bad guy. Yeah. He's an anti-hero. But. Oh, I wouldn't even put hero with that. He's just like the antagonist of the book. Yeah, but you get enough of his internal dialogue to know that he's full of shit. Mm. And and to get to see him and all of his 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 flawed glory and how insecure and little he is. Because interesting. you know, it's interesting because he he has these these thoughts where you know, sometimes he's so self-deprecating. There's this one one thing where he's like, I'm like, if God sneezed, I'm the snot that was, he made me out of his snot. And then he's How like, Frankenstein of him. I'm the greatest thing ever. And so, you know, it's like this mm. self-deprecating hubris. Mm-hmm. This is so interesting, but you don't get that from the movie. It yeah. is almost like he's supposed to be a sympathetic character and right. he's not. That's so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I I will not be reading either this book or watching this movie, but that is something to think about. And it is something to think about with the whole like art of, you know, like taking something from another art form. And creating something else. Because, you know, like, I feel like that is a thing with music and literal art that you find in museums and stuff. Uh, But that's interesting. Yeah. And I think that obviously I'm not a man. Uh, (laughs) What? But I think that from, from what I've heard, a lot of men can 
empathize with thoughts of, you know, feeling like if this had just gone another way, then I would be great. Hmm. I feel like that is a human emotion. I wouldn't call it one gendered, gendered no, toward one thing. But because men have or fee- have traditionally felt a lot of pressure to be breadwinners and yeah. caregivers, yeah. it's like so much of their identity can be intertwined with like work so if they feel like they're not doing that then that makes me so sad yeah absolutely i mean yeah i feel like that is an interesting meditation on capitalism but isn't it isn't everything fuck the man how do you talk for this long (laughs) i'm a teacher yeah i talk a lot No, this was kind of fun. I liked it. I'm literally lounging on the couch right I now. Know. I want, I want all like, the listeners. Everybody's <gasps> over here like, <sighs> sorry, your, is your pots flaring up? It is definitely flaring up. I don't have my socks on either. I'm oh my have to gosh. Go, Baby. I'm going to go put on my socks. And How are your feet? Uh, they're not too purple yet. Do you need me to go get them? No, 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 no. I'm okay. okay. I'll, I, I do have to pee. So yeah. we might but, need to wrap this up soon. Yeah, no, that's okay. I think I've pontificated enough. But <laughs> I would... I really enjoyed the book. I mean, obviously, there were some problematic um, words used mm. that, you know, white authors do not do that. But I, what would you rate it out of five? Stars? Probably like four. How many ass claps? Zero. <laughs> also, Stephen King, why do you do? He's always got like weird sex stuff in his books. Not necessarily this one, but like he always uses the word pecker to describe a penis. So zero ass claps. As far as heart thumps, I would probably give it like maybe, maybe like two, but that's strictly based on the relationship between Danny and Mr. Holleran, again, he is the true hero of this book. And if Kubrick wanted to go off on his own little tangent for a book, I wish he would have chosen a different perspective and we could just have a Dick Holleran movie because I think that would be badass because uh, he is... He is definitely the character who I am the most intrigued about. I would like, I would love, I would love a a movie on his backstory. I don't think he's going to do that. No. Well, he's also dead now. So. Oh yeah. There's that. But yeah, if, uh, if you guys liked this, then uh, leave a comment and maybe I'll uh, come back for more. Yeah. Maybe I'll do Dr. Sleep next. Oh, there you go. So. Anyway. Yeah. We have some other fun upcoming things for Halloween. I've got some things in the works. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. follow us on social media. Have a grand whack Grim grim and ghosts come out to socialize. Do you sound good? I think so. Yeah. I mean, I sound great all the time, so. My God. (laughs) Uh, Your volume sound good to you? Yeah, no, I can hear you. Okay. All right. Three seconds of silence, please. I know I talk so much. (laughs) Beamy!